At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Welcome to the Antler Up podcast brought to you by Tethered the world's best saddle hunting gear, and we got a fun show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast, man. And we're on episode 209, and I'm pumped for this one. In this episode, we dive into the captivating journey of Rob Mendoza from Tethered, a unique individual who seamlessly transitioned from the world of skateboarding to the dynamic realm of the hunting and filming world. Rob unfolds the narrative of his evolution, recounting the pivotal moment when he discovered his passion for hunting and made the leap into the hunting industry. Rob reflects on his inaugural elk hunt. He candidly shares the hurdles and the challenges that shaped this journey from conquering the grind and adversity of hunting to the gratification derived from relentless hard work. Rob emphasizes the profound joy found in accomplishing these personal goals. Then the conversation really extends beyond Rob's personal journey, touching on his career growth and his role as a content manager at Tethered. He sheds light on his favorite Tethered products, becoming integral to his hunting experience. Rob's story isn't just about the personal triumphs, it's also about the sense of fulfillment derived from introducing others to the world of hunting. He passionately discusses the importance of sharing this experience with like-minded individuals and the joy he witnesses when others embrace this sport. In the midst of discussing gear and practical advice, though, Rob offers words of wisdom to aspiring hunters and content creators Man, he encourages them to relish the journey, stay positive, avoid the negativity because it is, it, it bites you, man. It's like a snake within the hunting community. So join us in this compelling conversation as Rob shares his insights, his experiences, and really his contagious enthusiasm that defines this unique journey in the hunting world. Stay safe. Antler up. And before we get into this week's episode, just a couple housekeeping things. Number one, thanks for downloading this episode, listening to Rob Share's journey. Really appreciate you doing that and tuning in. And if you've been doing it for the last couple of years, months, weeks, whatever, man, thank you so much. And if you like what you hear, please go leave that five-star review over on iTunes or on Spotify and write a written review. Those of you that have, I'm going to be getting in touch with you because I got some turkey calls from Honey Hole Game Calls, good buddy Andrew over there. 
right here in Pennsylvania, just right down the road from where I live. I'm going to be getting some turkey calls out to you. So thank you so much for those of you that have left some written reviews. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Also, a couple of housekeeping things. Like I said, this one, since it is airing on the 24th, next weekend I will be at the Harrisburg Show at the Tethered booth. So come stop by, say hello, check out the saddles, say hello, and see what's new with Tethered and everything else. And, and it'll be great to see some new faces and catch up with some friends. So looking forward to that opportunity. So make sure you stop by if you are swinging by that Friday, that Saturday and Sunday. Uh, as of right now, that's when I know for a fact I'll be there. The following weekend, I'm not so sure. We'll see what everything going on. Also, want to say make sure you are checking out antler up outdoors youtube channel i'm going going to be throwing up all our video podcasts that i do with guests remotely and when i start doing them in person as well so look for those please go subscribe download or whatever please go subscribe to the youtube channel with that really means a lot to me with with that aspect of things we're just shy of a thousand we're getting there so that's number one. Also going to be trying to do some some like bow build videos and just things uh, that I've used this year and how I use things a little bit. So look out for that. I'll be going over my elite bows. Uh, also, Exodus is dropping two new cameras this month. Pretty freaking awesome. I know they're going to be at the Harrisburg show, so it'll be good to see Chad, Jake, and Cam when those guys. You know, love the NIS arrows that I used this past year for hunting, the MMTs I use for archery. I'll be using those again for 3D. Uh, and also, if you saw it at ATA, Tethered released the Grit Series line, which will be a brick-and-mortar in-store only uh, line. So that's pretty cool introduction to anybody. Really, it doesn't matter your uh, skill level for, for saddle hunting. If you want to try a new saddle out or something along those lines, it's going to be at a great price point. So pump for those guys as well. So it's kind of a little bit of housekeeping things. Again, thanks for tuning in this week. Looking forward to seeing some of you at the Harrisburg show. Please stop by, say hello. Our guest that we have on, Rob, I'm sure will be there as well. So get a chance to hear him this week. Uh, next week, the episode is going to be with Jared Schaefer from Tethered, which if you followed along, if you follow Jared at all on Instagram, you know he had, again, just a freaking hell of a year. Uh, excited to break down some of those hunts because, man, when this conversation is just awesome. Jared's one of my favorite humans in the world. So that will be next week. And following that, we have Chris Ham on from HHA. We're going to be doing another episode with Jim and I. Also have... Uh, good buddy Greg is going to be coming on from the Ohio White Whitetail Partners. So we've got some episodes coming down the pipe that I'm excited about. If there's anybody that you would like to hear, hit me up, let me know, I could reach out, and we'll go from there. So thanks again, everybody. Sorry I was long-winded. Enjoy this episode. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstring strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm joined... But a legend himself, I got Rob Mendoza on. I already got him smiling and laughing. Rob, welcome to the show, brother. It's great to have you on. Thanks, dude. I laugh. Any, I don't think I've ever been referenced as a legend, so <laughs> I'll take it. I'll do it. Dude, all right, before before we get into this, I got to ask you something. Um, were you ever interested in, like, the WWF or WWE growing up as a kid? Dude. This face has been in the Bushwhackers' armpits. There you go. Back in the day. There we go. So you know exactly what I'm, what, where I'm going to go with this. Then, so have you ever been to a live event? Obviously, being in the Bushwhackers' armpit. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so this past evening, uh, or last evening, I, I should say, 
I took my daughter to her second ever event and it was here in, in state college, Pennsylvania. I took her a couple years ago when Eric was, uh, w when he was still wrestling for, uh, the, the Vikings and everything. I messaged him through social media and everything. And he was repping tethered and all that type of stuff. And he knew I was involved with tethered and he's like, dude, I'm going to be in state college. I was like, Oh man, me and my daughter would love to come see. And at that point in time, she was like seven and she was, she would watch it a little bit, but she didn't really grasp it. And for me, dude, kind of like you said, I grew up with it. Like I was like my older sister's nine years older than me. I would grab her by the hair and jump off the top rope, quote unquote, of my of my uh, couch and like slam her down, drop kick her, throw her in a sharpshooter, like give her like just go ham on her. So, yeah, give her the sharpshooter, all that stuff. And so but the last couple months, my daughter, who's now nine, we've been re either like on a Monday night or a Friday night. But then the next day we would, if she would fall asleep or something along those lines, we recap of Monday night raw and Friday night Smackdown. And we watched the pay-per-views. She's gotten really into it, which is fantastic. Right. I just, it's like, it's wonderful to have this little bond with her. So I take her last night because she loves Cody Rhodes, uh, the American nightmare who is dusty Rhodes's, uh, son. And, I got her a shirt and so she's, she's wearing that. We get there and we were like third or fourth row. And after his match, well, first off, he comes out to his theme song. Like she's singing it. She made a sign, a homemade poster for him. And you know, he gets up to the, to the steps and he's pointing in the crowd. And, at, and I have the video. It, he's in our direction pointing. Well, bless her little heart, man. Like she, she, have, he takes off his jacket. And I look at her. And she's bawling. I'm like, Nora, what's the matter, honey? She's like, he pointed at me, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Like she can't even like collect herself. So the match starts. He wins in this street fight against Damian Priest, and as um, at the end of it, he he says a couple words because it was the intermission in the show, and he ends up going walking around he goes i'm going to sign some autographs take some photos i'm going to do my best to get to everybody that i can just know they'll probably be kicking me out because i love to interact with everybody you guys blah 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 so we we quick run five feet up to the barricade i pick her up and she's holding her sign and he's starting to work his way down towards us and he's like she's yelling cody 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 and he almost like walked past us and i just look like I look at her because she turned to look at me and do like it was like this like oh my gosh he's ignoring me or like he bypassed oh. us like what are we going to do like just just disappointment on her face and I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna have like scream at this dude and he ends up like he ends up look he look I don't know what made him do it but he looked back at us he smiles at Nora and he goes hey sweetie and he rips the poster out of her hand and he signs it and he gives it back to her and dude she just like again full of emotions starts bawling her eyes out i'm like this is you know and she literally was like this is the best night of my life i'm like okay this is a great moment this is like dad of the year here we go um it was a it was a good show so i, I knew you you know if you liked wrestling as a kid you would appreciate oh, yeah. something it's like that i just you put yourself in her position and it's like imagine the disappointment she would have felt if he did just walk yeah. by versus like the exact opposite end of the spectrum, like how psyched she had to have been. Like not only did he point at me, but he grabbed my sign, signed it. Yeah. Like this is the best night. Yeah, I know. I hope my daughter is that cool. She like <laughs> pretty cool right now. So I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, that's awesome. So, all right, one more, one more uh, question for you to go squirrel on before we, we dive into some awesome stuff with you, brother. Um, so obviously letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, but obviously you're the man behind the camera when it comes to filming for tethered and, and doing a bunch of their content creation, which obviously means you're out on the road a lot. The holiday season, Christmas is right around the corner. What do you get the misses to, to make up for all that time away when you're like, Hey honey, I got to go out to uh, Indiana to go film a hunt right now. And she thought she was able to maybe go have her spa day that you probably promised her during the fall. So what's, what's the makeup Christmas gift that, that you're getting the misses? Spa day is definitely <laughs> on place. We just sent her on a trip to Vegas with her mom. There so she go. had a lot of fun out there. And I watched the kids, which put like her job into perspective. I had no idea. I was like, Oh, parenting my role, dad role. 
pretty easy. Yeah. How hard can mom's roll be? And after three or four days, I was like, please, I'm ready for you to come home. Yeah. This is insane. <laughs> and then, you know, like the run of the mill jewelry, clothes, yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. Stuff to make them happy. I know that's, yeah. I, I was, I had to ask that one just cause I was like, man, Rob, Rob's gone a lot, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like when I think like when I would think you wouldn't be gone or needed to be gone, I'd be like, I talked to Jared or somebody. He's like, oh, yeah, Rob's here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that dude is a, just going ham this fall. <laughs> it was insane. It was definitely, I don't even know how many days I was on the road, but it was a lot, I think. Let me think real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think I was in seven or eight different states hunting or yeah. filming hunting yeah. this season. That's and it awesome. was just back to back it is dude it's awesome it's a grind and i'm a little bit newer to the hunting industry obviously so it was like my dream like how can i get into the industry Mm -hmm. sometimes i'll catch myself kind of taking that for granted like oh this is a grind and then i realize like this is exactly what i signed up for so a million people in trade spaces with me so Really just trying to be be thankful for the opportunities that I get to be out there on the road. Yeah, heck Even yeah. Family, you know, it can suck, dude. You got kids. Yep. But it is what it is. You just hey. got to make up for the time when you are home. That's that's like my motto. Oh, dude, that that's well said because I know, you know, I used to hear talking to in other individuals, you know, in the past, the last couple of years that have been doing this a lot longer than we have combined and, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, they would always say, they would hear like these horror stories, but you know, sometimes when those guys, like in, in your position at travel lot that have families, it was like the opposite. They, they would not, it's just, they're just one track mind, like so goal oriented. And it's just deer, 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 hunting, hunting, hunting. And it's like, where's your family time. Right. And yeah. I, I like that you just said, you know, Hey, you got to make the most of it when you are home and uh, shit, man. Like even like when I was coaching a lot right so it was i would fall into that rut where it's like dude your daughter hasn't seen you all day and i might come home and she might be sleeping but then in the next morning i i gotta be there for her before we go off to school for that 45 minutes right you know what i mean like even though it's 45 minutes but i gotta be game on all focused on her and you know thank goodness those times have changed and i've i'm a home i'm home a lot more and able to kind of make up for those lost years i kind of tell myself so you know it it, yeah they're only young ones brother and like the hunting industry that's my dream you know what i mean like my kid doesn't care. Well, my kids don't care if I'm an electrician, if I'm, they don't care what I'm doing for work. Mm-hmm. So the hunting thing is for me, for them, they need me around. Like they need me hundred percent present when I'm there, which gets exhausting. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. you go out, you're on the road, you come home and it's not like downtime. You're like right into dad mode, just trying to create like the best childhood you possibly can for your kids. Yeah. Even though, you know, and like, four or five days, you're going to be gone for another week. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into this, Rob, like give an introduction, I guess, of who you are now, right? Like who, like what your role is now, obviously with tethered and how in the world did you get to where you are today? Basically. Um, how many minutes is this podcast? (laughs) Let it rip brother. It'd be a long one. So right now I just got promoted. I am the content manager for tethered. Uh, I started about a year ago. Um, Yeah, literally like almost exactly a year ago. And funny enough, so you see a lot of hunting companies, they're doing like the internships. Mm I had just gotten licensed to be an exterminator, like moved to New York, gotten licensed to be an exterminator. I had been shooting photos, doing video stuff like for myself and for my buddies for a while. And then that internship came up and I was just like, oh man, like that would be pretty cool. So I sent in all my credentials and like information and some links to some videos and about a month went by and I was like, oh, probably better off. You know, I got this job. I got my son. I have my girlfriend's pregnant with our second kid, like probably better off that I'm not on the road for a hundred days. And like literally within minutes, I get a call and it's Greg Godfrey. Hey, Rob, this is Greg Godfrey. How are you? And my heart sank. I'm like, oh, is this really happening right now? Like, are you about to tell me that I, I got in on this internship? And that's exactly what he said. He said, you know, I know you got a family, but 
we're going to need you for a hundred days on the road. Cause originally I think I was going to go on the tagged out tour okay. help out that. Um, and I just said, well, I can be the dad who complained that having a family is what kept him from his dream or I can grind and make some sacrifices right now. And I'll be the dad that like showed his kids, Hey, follow to your dream. But you never know it could work out. And in my case, it did work out, which was, I mean, it's literally the best thing that's probably ever happened to me outside of my family. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome, man, dude. So, so you got the internship, you did all that. And then how did you end up like sticking around just because, you know, I've obviously in a whole different world, there's people that do student teaching, right? You do a student teaching out of high school and there could be a job that opens up. And sometimes if you obviously do a really good job, you slide right in there. So obviously something along those lines had to pertain to you. Yeah. I think the big thing is like, you can teach somebody how to use a camera, right? You, and we did the two other interns I was working with had held like their phone cameras before. And we, we turned them into like pretty good filmers, pretty good mm -hmm. photographers for how long they had been doing it. But what you can't teach people is like how to get along. Right. And, yeah. and if you're a square peg trying to fit into a round hole or whatever that saying is like, yeah. not always going to, you know, it's not going to be that success story. Luckily enough, like, Everybody that I met at Tethered, my first hunt was with Ernie, then I had a hunt with Carl, then Jared, and then Greg out in North Dakota. So I got to meet all these guys, like the whole crew, and every single one of them was just like so down to earth, so cool, that it almost made me like even more motivated to try to get in with the company. Because like, would I have gotten in with a company that maybe I didn't think the guys were as cool? Like, yeah, that would have been my foot in the door. But it just so happened like these guys – everything lined up with who I am, like their moral codes, their ethics, what the company is about. And I think because we got along so well, it was just kind of like, by the end of it, I almost felt like I already had the job. Yeah. Funny enough though, when they called me, they, I had just bought a house in New York and they're like, Hey, we need you to move down for this job. You have like a month. And there was just absolutely no way I could do it. And I remember I got off the phone. My girlfriend was standing next to me, like so excited and I was just like, I wanted to be celebratory, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't think that I can make this happen. And I ended up having to call him a few days later and be like, I really appreciate the offer, but like, I can't just up and move. I literally just closed on this house before hunting season started. Yeah. And I was crushed. I was like, oh my God, that was, that was my chance. And I, you know, like yeah. sinking feeling. Well, about a month later, I get another call from, from Val and from Taylor Chamberlain. Like, hey, do you got a minute to hop on a call? And they ended up offering me a job where I actually get to work from my home here in New York, eventually making my way down to Tennessee and just hit the ground running. They literally, like, created a position for me. And That's awesome. And not explain how thankful I am for that. Well, I mean, just to kind of toot your horn just for uh, 30 seconds, you know, I've obviously worked with you for uh, the past year and, and got a chance to know you. And, and we've ha had our phone calls. We've had our video calls, man. I, I really appreciate the work that you do put in and, and obviously you do a great job and it's easy to work with you and get along. So uh, like you said, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm happy for you. And I think it's, uh, something where I respect people that really follow their dreams in and make those sacrifices and still obviously above all put their family first. And, and I, I think it also should go to a credit towards tether too. Like they know how to treat people uh, with, you know, and making sure not only you as the individual and respect you, but also your family. And I, I think obviously that's a kudos to, to everybody at tethered as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like, I don't think people realize how many employees are at tethered and like, it's not a huge company, but for like a company that's only five years old, yeah. I think we have just over 30 employees and all of us know each other. Like yeah. we go into Tennessee, like people are hanging out. We do this big, like celebratory bash called Tallywag every year where all the employees get together and it's just one big party dude. Like everybody's so tight with each other. And I just, I know a lot of companies, not just in the hunting industry, I'm sure just like in any industry are like, Oh, well right. we pride ourselves in being a family, but those dudes are real about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. No if doubt. You're, you are family. Yeah. No doubt. So here's, uh, we were just kind of going over, you talked about, it could have been in eight to nine States, whether it was like filming or, or from actually hunting, you know, were you filming more this year or were you hunting more this year? What do you think? 
Uh, I think I was filming more than I was hunting. I still got to get out a lot. Like I, I'm obsessed with hunting. People are like, Oh, like, that's cool that you get to do what you love. Like you're filming. And I'm like, don't get it twisted. I'm a hunter first and foremost. Like I haven't been doing, I'm, I'm new to hunting too, but something about it just struck a chord with me. And since 2017, when I first went on my first bow hunt out in Colorado, it's just been like, well, that's good. So let's, so how'd you get here, man? Like, how'd you get there in that hunting thing? Like you said, I, cause I know you used to be in, in the skating world and all that type stuff. So like, how, how did you go from, and this is the funny part. Like, so those that don't know the story, my, my, my high school kids always laugh. Cause they always like, yo, Mr. D, what were you, what were you like when you were my age? I was like, oh man, like I, I, I always, I, and it's funny cause I'm always truthful with them. I'm like, I was an angry kid man i was like my parents were divorced i live with my grip my my grandparents uh i hunted with my dad growing up for a long time and i like at one point when i was a senior i resented him because i'm like all i am to you is like a hunting buddy like i remember yelling that to him at one time and like now hindsight's 2020 i wrote an article about that on my on antler up pod or on the website when we launched this years ago but um you know and i'm always like man i've I was in a, a lead singer of a, like a hardcore punk band. I played varsity dude. I played varsity sports, uh, football, baseball. I, um, you name it, dude. Like, you know, so like you have this person that was a letter winner, you know, in, in, in athletics, but then was rocking tight jeans with a studded belt hair long. And then on the weekends, just screaming his head off in a microphone. Right. Like that's, and I skate, you know, I, I was in that skateboarding, but I, obviously hunted like hunting was still obviously a huge part of my life still even up until that point so dude how did you get to where you were from a couple years ago to 2017 getting getting into hunting all right so rob's journey uh i'm from syracuse new york city in central new york Uh, i grew up in the city did not grow up in the woods um went to a high school with no windows like it was an inner city like that movie lean on me was yeah. that was kind of like the school that I went to and uh you know not to take anything away from that it was just a completely different environment from where I find myself today and what I got into was skateboarding early on and that was huge like just like the the hunting bug bit me like skateboarding gave me something to just focus on I played baseball I played team sports when I was younger but there is something about the fact that like I had to rely on myself in skateboarding to get ahead. And I think anybody who likes skateboards, golfs, hunts, they can all kind of relate to that. Oh, yeah. Like you get tips, you get like tricks from people, but nobody can like give you the ability to be a good hunter, a good golfer, a good skateboarder. Like all that is, is how much sweat are you going to put into learning this craft? Right. right. So I came to my parents, I think it was my sophomore year. And I told them I was going to drop out and move to California. And they were like, you are not dropping out. And I was like, well, what if I double up and I graduate a year early? Like, would you at least give me your blessing to head out to California? And like any parent, of course, that's way better than your kid dropping out. out. (laughs) Cool. Like nobody had ever done that before. And I doubt my parents thought it was really going to happen. I remember going into my guidance counselor and being like, Hey, I want to graduate early. What do I got to do? And they like laughed at me. They're like, you can't graduate early. We don't even, we don't even know how we would make that work. Well, I ended up like doubling up in my, in my, what's the third year called? Junior year. Uh, went to night school, like four nights a week until 10 PM. And I ended up graduating like top 20 or so in wow. my class. Yeah. So 17, I move out to California and that's where like the skateboard adventure began and like really just pushing myself to like chase the dream, you know, like the chase to me is the most fun part yeah. and skateboarding in LA took me to Philadelphia, lived in Philadelphia for a couple of years, went on a trip to Barcelona, Spain. That was supposed to be for 90 days. That turned into two years, went to California, back to California, lived in San Francisco for a couple of years. And then I got hurt. I was just getting picked up by some sponsors like BroFlow, like different companies were just hooking me up with free stuff. And when I got hurt, like all that kind of went away. I didn't really know what to do. So I ended up moving to Denver, Colorado. And I call skateboarding like never, never land. You know, we're Peter Pan and the Lost Boys and nobody wants to grow up. So I got friends that are in their forties. They're still hanging out with 18 year olds, yeah. like partying all the time. 
you know, I didn't want to go down that road. Like yeah. it was a crazy ride, like rock star lifestyle going out. Like it was wild, dude. It was a wild time. So, Oh, can you hear my daughter right yeah, now? Yeah. She's not Just funny. barely. No, you're good, man. Uh, but it was, it was an amazing experience. I got to hang out with like people I looked up to my entire life. That's were awesome. Calling me on the phone to go skate, like going to the X games with buddies who are own these companies that I've, bought the boards for years you know what i mean but when that all came to a crashing halt it was just kind of like what do i do now i relate that a lot i i would imagine you as a baseball player you know you go to college you play ball you don't get drafted and you're just like what the heck do i do and i remember i i was trying to court this this girl and she was just like no offense but i'm not trying to be with like a loser skateboarder like i've already done that and i was just like dang like that was <laughs> that cut deep oh, that cut deep yeah she lied to me and just been like no you're you're ugly yeah but uh from there i was like well i'm, I'm gonna turn my life around i'm gonna get into sales got into sales six years of sales dude like building sales teams, running sales teams, doing the sales myself, wearing three-piece suits to work every single day. And I had this kid on my team, Shay Talley, and he is my best friend. He's this, like redneck from Greenup, Illinois, a little town, dude. He'd always be like, hey, I'm taking a week off to go bow hunting up in the mountains. I'm going to hunt elk. You want to go? No. Then he moved in with me. Hey, I'm going up to the mountains. You want to come? No. Years, dude, probably four years of him asking me to go and me just being like, no, I, I don't want to yeah. go. Then finally one day I was like, I, I want to buy a bow, dude. Like, let's go. Let's go to Bass Pro. I'll buy a bow. Bought an off-the-shelf bear species. Like, didn't know anything. Went to the range, shot a couple times, and I was like, wow, like, I suck at this. And it was that same feeling from skateboarding when I started skating where I was like, man, I suck at this and I don't want to suck at it. Right. So I started going every day. The, the, the range that I went to was about 45 minutes up in Longmont, Colorado. It's like this little 3d course. I, I would go there twice a day, at least once a day until I finally went on my first elk hunt with my buddy. And when we got out there, I'm thinking, you know, I'm watching the YouTube videos, screaming bulls. I'm like, we're going to get out there. It's going to be on. Like these things are going to be screaming in our face. I'm going to shoot one. It's going to be sick. When we go out there, we saw a couple bulls on a ridge, like a mile away. And then at the very last day, we saw two cows came in and we hunted for nine days straight. Okay. These two cows come in, dude, and I got the wobbly knees. I literally dropped to my knees. I was like, I can't shoot. You shoot. You shoot. Like, (laughs) complete panic mode. We get back, and I just remember sitting there so dejected. Like, I suck. Right. And my buddy sucks at this. Like, how am I going to get better? Like, I was so happy in those mountains. Like, this is a completely new thing to me. And just like in skateboarding, I just dove in. Came home, told my girlfriend, like, hey, we can break up or you can come with me, but I'm moving to the mountains and I'm going to learn how to hunt elk with a bow. And she, I thought she was going to break up with me and she was like, yep, let's do it. So within a few months, we moved to 9,000 feet elevation town of 500 people, about three hours North West of Denver. And I just did everything hunting. I was selling real estate at the time and I had sold like a handful of houses. So I was sitting pretty good financially and I could really just focus on like, learning as much as possible started going into town there's this gramby bait and tackle just this old man dude like 70 years old the meanest dude in town nobody liked him or his wife who worked there they didn't like anybody in town but it was the only Only shop yeah dude i would just go in there every single day trying to get them to like me and finally i got her his wife to like crack a smile she brought me in the back, introduced me to him. And I would just ask him for tips. Like I know nothing. So teach me everything. And I just became a sponge. Uh, the season came around and I hunted every single day, dude, just going after these elk. And I wasn't in them. I was like, never in them. And then finally, on the, I think it was the 20th day. I let out a couple cow calls after these guys had gone by me on a quad on like state forest or not state forest, but like national forest. Yep. So I don't think they could even have it. 
a dirt biker comes ripping by me in the opposite direction. I'm like, this sucks, dude. Like the four wheelers got the mechanical advantage. The, the dirt bikers blowing out my whole spot. I let out a cow call and I look over and here's a six by six bull just staring at me with this brush in front of him. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what do I do? I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm like, I, can I, can I draw right now? Like he's going to see me. He's not even 20 yards from me. So I just came to full draw. He's staring at me, but I couldn't shoot through the brush. I, mean, I am sure there's some people out there that would have sent it, but I watched this bull walk out of my life and I was just like too green to know like, okay, just let him calm down go back after him. I yeah. just back to my truck. I was like, I'm done, done for the season. Next day I sleep in, it's probably noon. I'm like, don't care. Just so dejected. My girlfriend comes home from her restaurant job and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm over it. Like I'm done. I've hunted this 21 days straight of hunting, grinding, dude, grinding. Yeah. yeah. Like, miles was a short day. Yeah. She's like, we didn't move out here for you to like not kill a bull. So go out. So I hop in my truck. I don't care about nothing, dude. I'm letting the music rip, just driving up the mountain, like whatever. I'll show her. I'm not going to kill anything today. (laughs) I'm going to go in two miles to that spot where I called in the bull yesterday. And I'm just going to sit over this little wallow that I know is there. I get about, I don't know, maybe half a mile from the truck I'm doing little cow calls along the way. And I hear this like, (laughs) like a little faint chuckle. And I'm like, wait, no way. No way. Let out another cow call. I think this is a bull. So I run back up the hill. He's down in this drainage. I run back up the hill and I let out like this little weak bugle. He rips one at me, like cuts me off. I drop back down, cow, 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 cow. He's ripping back up at me, trying to get me to come down to him. I go back up the hill, like rip a bugle, and then drop back down to where I was call calling from. There's this little clearing, and it's real steep downhill. I'm set up on the backside of this tree, and I remembered in this YouTube video, they were like, oh, rookie mistake. I set up on the wrong side of the tree. I'm like, oh, crap. Get in front of it. I'm like on the front of it kind of like you know full draw but just holding like this and i hear crunching dude think i'm green i don't even know that the crunching means an elk is coming in i'm like is that an elk like what is that and that's these little brow tines and then a bunch of antlers and this bull is six by six bull this one right here is standing 23 yards away from me in my only shooting lane that i range perfectly broadside and i'm at full draw And you know when you watch like a hunting video and you know they're going to shoot and you're waiting for it, like shoot. Shoot, like dude, shoot, yeah. I'm watching this YouTube video in my mind and I'm waiting for the hunter to shoot and I like snapped out of it like I'm supposed to shoot. Ripped it, bull takes off, dude, and I'm just like, what the hell just happened? And I'm like freaking out. I call my boy, like, yo, Ben, I I just shot a bull, I think. He was like, well, what was it? It, it was, got four on one side, right? And I'm like, going back in my brain, like, now I know it was legal bull. Yeah. I saw it so many times. Like, it's a legal bull. Yeah. Dude, I blacked out in the moment. Like, when he's asking me that, I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't even know if it was a bull. Maybe it was a cow. Like, I don't even know what I just shot. I don't even know what just happened. Yeah. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from. One being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Did my like, mind did my mind put put uh some antlers on that thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't even know. So he's like, just sit tight, I'll come up and and we'll track it and we'll find it. And I'm like, thank God, because yeah. I don't even know what right. to do well that's a point. that's a whole different beast in itself like green to oh. get in on an elk to or any deer at first time hunting to shoot something but then that's a whole other little lesson to learn of, of tracking and all that jazz. oh yeah dude i'm still like that's still something i i try to tr- like 
get better at every mm. single time. Uh, whether I'm filming somebody's recovery or it's my own recovery, I'm like, okay, what can I learn? So he comes up, my boy Ben comes up. We're looking. He's like, are you sure you hit it, dude? There's like no blood. And I shot this thing with like a Walmart broadhead with a mismatched arrow. Like I didn't know all yeah. the stuff. I don't know. You know, yeah. my bear species bow. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I, I thought I hit it. It tore off. I heard it like crash down there, but it ran this way. I'm like, I don't know. Let's just keep looking for blood. And I'm standing in this little creek, like on the edge of this little drainage. And I, there's like a track. And I'm like, that kind of looks like a press track. And something in me was like, flip that leaf over. And I flipped this leaf over and it was the littlest pinprick of blood. And I'm like, blood. We have blood. I did hit it. Like, well, was it another animal's blood? Maybe? No, no. It's got to be the bull, dude. All of a sudden, we cross this little creek. Opens up. Good blood. Like dead bull. Let's go. Fanfare. Twenty yards later, no blood. I'm like highest of highs, lowest of low. We grid search, dude. We could not find nothing. It was littered with tracks in there. Couldn't find anything. And this is getting a little deep, but this is literally like where the drive for hunting came from. I hadn't prayed. I I wouldn't even be able to tell you the last time I had prayed. I couldn't even tell you at the time what my actual beliefs were. And I just got on my knees, dude, and I said, God, please lead me to this bull. Like, I'm done trying to be in control of this situation. Lead me, bro. Please, God, just lead me. And I just start walking, dude. No rhyme or reason to where I'm walking. And I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm like dying inside, like moved my girl out to the mountains, my dogs. Like we live in this little tiny, we lived in this little tiny efficiency, dude, with three dogs and me and my girlfriend. It was literally a kitchen and a little tiny bedroom that our bed hardly fit in. And I'm like, what did I do? Like I've lost this bull. As I'm standing there, like just thinking I should just move to Denver, I look to my left and bro, I'm telling you, that bull is piled up right there, dude. And I just oh dropped it crying, dude. And I was like, Thank you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you I swear it, I believe it. Sorry, people at home, if you're not into the same belief systems, but like I believe that I was led to that bull by something greater than myself. That was after that, I was like, I'm a hunter. That's what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. My grandma had given me these bonds, you know, like grandparents mm-hmm. do when mm-hmm. born in the 80s. Yep. She'd give me a bunch of bonds that I completely forgot about, and I had no money left. Like, we had nothing. I was trying to get a job, figuring it out, and I took that bond money, and I bought my first camera. It was a Sony A6600 and, like, a pit lens. And I'm like, I'm going to learn how to use this thing started taking pictures, sent in like a little resume to local newspaper. They're like, yeah, dude, we want to hire you. Like, sweet. To go take these photos. All right. I'm all jazzed. I taken the photos feeling like a professional photographer. And they're like, okay, thanks. And I'm like, wait, that's it. They're like, yeah, we're just, we don't need you full time or anything. I was like, well, I can do other stuff. I was in sales. You guys got any sales? So I ended up learning about like paid ads and, and like e-commerce, that kind of stuff, Yeah, which I didn't really think of in any of the time. Little did I know later in my life, this was going to play out to be a huge thing with tethered. And, uh, went on my first white tail hunt that lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> I was tagged out on that deer there. And I was like, well, white tail hunting's easy enough. It's fun. Like I'm going to start putting more effort into that. So I would hunt in, in Colorado I'd hunt in Missouri and just fell in love with it, dude. Like, I don't know something. And I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast can relate. Like you cannot explain why you hunt to people that don't hunt. They'll never get it. Like all of us have come home and people are like, Oh, did you catch one? Like, (laughs) I I didn't catch one. My friends who don't hunt will be like, so did you see any today? I'm like, no, didn't see anything. They're like, did you see any yesterday? I'm like, no, I saw a doe. Like, 200 yards away, but I had my bow and they're like, so why do you go out there? And it's just, you can't explain you it, can't. man. Nope. No. I'm so old. just continued on with all the photos and videos and like had my own little corny YouTube channel that I'd make. Like, it's pretty cringy now looking back at the videos and stuff, but it's also like, 
it captured that moment in my right, life. Right. Then fast forward, you know, we had my son and it was, you know, do I move back to New York? Do we move to Missouri where her family's from? But, you know, we wanted to be around family. My parents were a little longer, are, are a little longer in the tooth than hers. So we were like, Hey, let's go to New York. You know, I had been gone for 20 years at that point and came here bought a house, got linked up with this exterminator company and licensed exterminator. And then threw all that away to go on an internship with tethered that Greg literally told me we don't hire our interns very often. Like, I don't want you coming into this thinking like you're going to come out of it with a job. And I'm like, Oh yeah, no, like it's cool. I just want the experience and my foot in the door, maybe introduce me to some people. Meanwhile, really I'm thinking like, there's absolutely no way you're not hiring me, Greg and Ernie. Like there's yeah. no, way. you have to, yeah. like, I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but I'm going to do it. Like I said, you know, I explained earlier, they hit me up, offered me a position. I couldn't take that one, hit me up a month later. And it was like, let's go. Yeah. So I started out as helping manage their, like their outside sales team and then doing some content creation and then had a couple, you know, cool ideas. And Greg decided to bring me over to the creative team full time. Still no real def definition to my job. Just kind of like do everything you can, you know? And yeah took some of what I had learned into managing some of the, like the SEO and like the ads and helping out with Jared and Amanda, like wherever I could, you know, what, what can I help you guys with? And it kind of just took off from there. He hit me up the other day, gave me this little promotion and it's just like, dude, I rem I remember this crazy, I was on a Turkey hunt last year in Florida with Ernie and Greg and Greg's dad. And I had this like, this stress in my heart. Like it was like, you know, and you don't yeah. have enough money to pay your bills for a long time. Oh, yeah. And this stress that weighs on you. And I'm like, God, why am I stressing so hard? And I realized like, it was almost like, I don't want to call it PTSD, but it's the closest thing I could relate it to. It's just like laying in bed and being like, I don't have to worry about like my income anymore. Mm -hmm. Like obviously there's always that worry, but it's not like it used to be. And like, I'm making a living doing what I love to do. Like what, how is that a thing, dude? Right. It's just, it's wild. And then fast forward to this year, like, like in skateboarding, I, I busted my butt and I got to skate with like my idols. And then this year, like gone on some crazy hunts with Josh Ilderton from the untamed Eric Chesser from hush, uh, Ben shed crazy down Monty and, Dude, just wild, man. Blessed. Yeah. Blessed beyond. I can't even, I can't even explain it. Sorry for the long story, everybody. No, dude, dude <laughs> no, that was phenomenal. I mean, I think it's, it's important too, though, like for, you know, even if you're not in like want to quote unquote break into the industry, right? Like not, obviously there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that, you know, have zero desire to do that. Right. But there's, there's something to be said about like hard work and sacrifice and determination to go work for something that you want to do. Uh, yeah, like, dude, I, yeah. I feel like anybody can relate to that in the hunting yeah. world. Like whether it's a doe or the biggest buck you ever shot in your life, like it takes work. Yeah, It's like when my friends, like I said earlier, when my friends ask me, why do you do it? It's like, I love the grind, man. Like I love the suffering. I love freezing and questioning and having that emotional roller coaster of like, am I in the right spot? Am I, should I even, why am I even out here right now? Like, and then you get that taste of success. Yeah. And there's not a lot of things in life, dude. I've done a lot of stuff. There's not a ton of things in life that like allow you to feel that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. You know, when especially do like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love hunting in general and I am not gun shaming by any means. It's just, there's a different connection with a bow to me. That's, that's my personal opinion. But like, dude, there's just some type of connection with, with a bow in hand when there's a, some sort of success that is just, it is, there's, I can't put words into, it. I mean, I've hit home runs. I've had game winning hits. I've had game winning pitches outs and throws and like things that matter in a game of a team sport. And yeah, that's all, you know, I've, I've coached an undefeated football team, like, and you know, all that type of stuff, but man, nothing compares to releasing an arrow, watching it go where it needs to go. And man, 
having that success and you know walking up to that animal and then bringing that animal home and doing what you need to do and, and cutting it up and doing all that type of stuff. There's just nothing, nothing compares. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, you think about it. Like I understand there's some guys who just, they sight in their bow a week before season and I'm sure a lot of them have success. Oh yeah. I don't operate that way. And I feel like a lot of us don't, but it's like, it's a year's worth of effort or at least nine months worth of effort, right? Keeping up with your bow, making sure everything's in tune, building your arrows, shooting every day from different distances, trying to learn how to judge the like distances better, learning how to get up a tree quieter, like all this effort. And then it all boils down to that one moment. Don't blow it. (laughs) Don't blow it. And when you blow it, it's the lowest of lows, but that makes the victory when you connect, like it makes it that much better. It's the adversity, man. Like, yeah, that's to me what it's all about. I think that's the sickest part of hunting is the adversity that you have to overcome to be successful. And we all do. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Here's here's something I want to ask you. So then like you've been doing, been involved in this since 2017, as far as hunting goes, you've outside of, of that, I'm sure you've, like you said, you were trying to gain as much knowledge and everything and all that, what, whatnot. And then now the last couple of years, you've been part of it by being an intern, working for Tethered, all that stuff. And what jazzes you up when it comes to hunting? Good, bad, the ugly, beautiful. What gets Rob like fired up? My, the, you know, I, killing this bull was probably like one of the most proud moments of my life. But I think like even above that is introducing people who aren't from a hunting background, you know, like myself who never had that, that door open to them, introducing them to hunting. And like some people, they stick with it. Some people don't like, it doesn't matter. It's not for everybody, but like my cousin, Charlie, Oh, he, he very similar background in El Paso, Texas, no public land around him. Nobody in his family hunted. And I brought him some elk meat at Christmas. And like a year later, he hit me up like, Hey, will you teach me how to do this? And he hit the ground running dude and like completely changed his life too. So to be a part of like introducing somebody to something that changes their life, I think is one of the the best parts about hunting, the mentorship yeah. that you can get. And I'm not like, I've been hunting since 2017. I'm no pro by any means, but I have more knowledge than somebody who's never done it. And I can relate to people who are getting into it. So I think that that's probably like my favorite part. And it, it translates over to saddle hunting too. You know, yeah. a lot of people have never saddle hunted. So when you like introduce somebody to that, that's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah. And then they're like, Oh man, dude, like this is sick. And then you're just like, yeah, you see like this spark. Like I got homies who used to hunt a lot and then stopped hunting. But by bringing something new into the equation, it like got them excited about it again. And now they're like right back into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how dude, that's awesome. Cause that's honestly, that's what I've this past year. That's the one aspect that I've really, you know, in, in years past, I always used to get really fired up when my friends would have success but just something about it this year i think because of where i am mentally in my personal life and what i have going on it's been more positive in in everything uh like you said it just really jazzed me up and and i I was very very happy for all of them and uh i mentioned it on one of the podcasts earlier uh this year uh from when this airs but one of my buddies, he ha- I had him on the podcast uh, in July, and his son was just getting into hunting, and he shoots with his dad every day. And his and he, dude, he's a phenomenal little shot. Like it's crazy to see how good this little kid is, and how much he loves hunting. And you could tell he was so bloodthirsty. And this year during rifle season in PA, he killed his first buck. And just like just seeing that, oh my gosh! Like I could only imagine how proud Jake was for his son. Because yeah. like I was proud just because you follow that journey of like seeing his posts and seeing how cool, like he's out in his 3d, you know, and he's just letting it rip shoots better than half the guys that I know. Like, it's just so yeah. cool to see that man. And, and just to see his success and, uh, killing, killing a buck and killing a doe, like it was so cool. And I could only imagine how, how proud as of a dad he was, but also how jazzed up that kid was. And like seeing that, I love seeing that man. Oh, dude, I cannot wait. That's like, if you were to ask me that same question about like my favorite part of hunting five years from now, my boy will be in the woods with me at that point. And that is going to be what I love the most about it. Like 
you know, me and my dad had a super tight relationship growing up, but we didn't have that one thing that we like did all the time together. Like there wasn't that family tradition of hunting. So to be like the person who's bringing that into my family and kind of changing that course. Now, if he doesn't want to hunt, I don't care. I got a daughter. I may, there's a 50, 50 chance. At least one of my kids will hunt, you know, Right. but you know, just bringing that into their life. I'm psyched. Like I can't wait. And I want to, I want to get Caitlin, my girlfriend. I want to get her on a Turkey hunt with me this year. I used to drag her on the elk woods before she was having our kids and I would like to get her back into it. I'd be pretty pumped to see her smoke a turkey this season. That'd be cool, man. That's awesome. So let's, let's kind of switch gears before we we wrap things up, man. And, and you talked about your, the camera you bought that 6,600, all that type of stuff. Um, but before we, I, we could go down more of a rabbit hole with, with the gear of that side of things. I think probably more so than hunting, you know, like obviously we're, we're both homers. We, you know, you're, you're full time with tethered. I work for tethered in, in another smaller capacity. It's only the, the saddle hunting gear that I've ever used. When you look at it, man, what is your favorite tethered product? My favorite tethered product right now it's going to sound so cheesy and people are probably going to make fun of me in the comments, but dude, the scorpion grappling hook. Yeah. I, when Ernie first, like I saw that a year ago when it was still in like the R and D stages. And I was like, dude, who's going to use that grappling <laughs> hook? Like, are you kidding me? Well, it turns out I dropped more things than probably anybody out of stand. And I use that thing several times, every sit that I have. And I do a lot of sits. Yeah. Whether it's like hoisting all my camera gear up instead of climbing up with it or lowering it down at the end of the night or all of the hats and just everything that I drop out of the tree, like how much I've used that. That's probably like, that's definitely going in my saddle kit. And then, uh, there's some stuff that is coming out in 2024. That will be my new favorite stuff. But I would say if it wasn't the grappling hook, I mean the tether one sticks, dude, how can you beat? I rock them 20 or 30 inch Hawk helium sticks for a couple seasons. And like they work, don't get, they do not get me wrong. I killed deer using them. They got me up the tree. I was safe getting up there, but to go from like something that heavy to the one sticks being that light, I was just like, okay, cutting weight yeah. does make a difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so, it's so funny when we think about that. Cause I had those sticks, you know, when they came out a couple of years ago and all that stuff. And I remember being like, man, this is awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it's just, I, I mean, that's my favorite thing of working too. Like, like our shows and, and, and having people like, Hey, grab this sucker. You know what I mean? And they're like, Whoa, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, Somebody- I, and they think it's empty you're like no there's four sticks in there yeah but like i love too like when they go and pick up like this our skeletors because our skeletors obviously you know four sticks you know 20 inch step to step like all that or you know all that type of stuff and it, there's not another stick like that on the market coming in at a 225 you know pr- dollar price range and they're like man yeah that's not bad and you're like it's a great stick it's awesome but grab this one you know what i mean it's the you know the one sticks right next to it they almost hit themselves in the face with it because of how light they are. It's it's just such a cool thing. And like you said, man, it really does make a difference. And, and uh, again, it, you could go out and walk around the woods and you could obviously don't, it don't, you don't need to be up in a tree and kill a deer. Obviously it might maybe be a little bit harder, but uh, those certain luxuries uh, I'm, I'm with you on that, with the one sticks. And yeah. I would say um, for me, dude, I, I would say my favorite piece is simple. Again, kind of like the like the scrap like the scorpion hook for you. It's it's the hiss strap. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's like an essential piece depending on how you're hunting. But uh, man, I just I freaking love that that piece of gear. And then uh, as far as non stick goes and and non hiss strap, I would say then it's it's the pack. Uh, I Carl Carl the fast pack. I just uh. uh I love it. I just absolutely love it. That's my favorite piece. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about quickly camera gear. What, what's your go-to camera arm? Like, what are you filming with? Are you using, um, heck even like, even do you have anything that separates from like when you're self filming compared to you're going to come, you're going to go down and film, uh, Taylor Chamberlain, like what anything change? 
No, not really. When I'm self-filming, I'm using the fourth arrow camera arm okay. uh, with Tricer fluid head, which is actually for like glassing. Okay. But it's super light. I think it's like six ounces or something. Like it's nothing. It's super light. Um, so I'll rock that. I, I got that satellite arm, the newer one. I had the older one that was a little bit heavier, and I love the base on that. But this other, the new one is just like super lightweight. And for all the camera gear that I carry into the woods, even when I'm self-filming, it's just like to save a little bit of weight's nice. Uh, I do. I shoot on the Sony A. What is it? A seven R four. This yep. guy. And then I pretty much run this lens exclusively. It's a Tamron uh, twenty-eight to seventy-five millimeter. But I got like I got a little wide-angle lens over here, and then I got the the Canon. What is it? Seventy to two hundred. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the G Master Sony lens. I use that more for photos, just because of how good they come out. But you know, I hate for anybody at home listening to think like oh i gotta get that gear or i gotta save that gear like i tell everybody I, I run all the social media stuff so when people are writing into me and asking questions like on social media it's me responding and i get a lot of people like well what's in, like the next best camera and it's like dude the the best camera if you're not at the level of making professional videos use your phone man like have yeah. fun just they're like, well, do I need to get Adobe or do I need to get like, what do I, how do I learn how to edit? It's like, dude, use, if you got an Apple computer, use a software that comes with it. There's DaVinci Resolve, like just, just get into it. Like anything you can, if you can take a good photo on your phone, then right. you will be able to use this camera and take a good photo. Cause it's all about framing and knowing when to capture the moment. So for my gear, like I'm blessed with the job that I have to be able to shoot on this stuff. But I'd be shooting on my phone or a cheaper version of all this stuff yeah. if I if I didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. That's like been the one thing. It's funny because I, I, you know, for me, there's so many things too that I've learned over over a little bit, and I mean, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's just mainly there's certain things I that way my brain works. And I'm like, oh, this would be a cool shot. Do you know what I mean? And there's yeah. so many things that I'm like, oh man, this would be a cool shot, but I have zero clue how to do it. <laughs> Right. That's, that seems like to be my, my biggest issue, but, um, but that's, that's the awesome thing about it. It's just like, try it. Man, you can tie it back to hunting. Like I don't know how to do this. So I have the decision to screw it up until I figure it out. Or I'm going to sit in the same tree and not see any deer. Right. You know what I mean? You're ever yeah. in the tree and you're like, Oh man, should I get down and switch? What if I spook something out? And it's like, well, then I spook something out. It's like, Oh, well I want to learn how to do this with my camera or take this kind of photo or edit it this way. And it's like, well then just do it, you know, and like yeah. fail forward. That's what I always tell people is like, don't like be afraid that. to screw up because yeah. the more you screw up, the quicker you're going to learn how to do something the right way, yeah. whether it's shooting photos, skateboarding, whatever it is. So to kind of wrap things up, what's a take home message for some of these young guys or people that are, possibly looking to break into the industry or try to maybe try something new that they, you know, are, or looking to maybe do in the new year or, you know, anything along those lines, it doesn't have to be industry of hunting, but just what, what's a, a take home message, man, to try to, to do something along those lines. Dude, it's such a cliche thing, but my cousin's a musician. We're the same age. We're 38. He was, he said something to me the other day. He's like, yeah, dude, like I'm chasing the dream of being a musician, you know, or we were talking about that. He didn't say that verbatim. And I just had to tell him, he was, he said something along the lines of like, you know, you made it like, I, I want to do that. Or I, that's the impression I got. And I was like, David, the, the chase is the best part of everything. Like, yeah, crossing the finish line is dope. Don't get me wrong. I'm blessed. I, I, Oh my, the future of my life to tethered for bringing me into the fold. But like the chase of the dream is the best part. And so my advice to anybody would be like, just stay present in the moment and focus on getting better at whatever you're at. Like don't focus so much on the destination and like really try to enjoy the ride to get there because yeah. the chances of people making it in the exact light that they want to like, say I'm a kid at home and I'm like, I want to be a YouTube star. Well, the chances of that happening are like slim and none, yeah. but the one surefire thing that can happen is they can like create amazing relationships with 
their best friends they'll ever have making videos, shooting photos. Like don't judge the success. on like, I made it in the industry. Like just judge the success is like, I had a dope ass time, like learning how to film, learning how to shoot photos, learning how to find bucks, like whatever it is, just, just have fun and don't talk shit on other people who are doing the same thing. You know, yeah. there's a lot of hate in our industry and you know, we could do without a lot of it, especially for these new dudes getting into hunting now, whether they're young kids or like myself, an adult onset hunter or somebody who, who wants to be in the industry, dude, I got hit up by somebody the other day asking for a sponsorship for him and his boy. And they never even made a video. And I thought that was cool. Like a father and son doing their thing together. And then I read all the comments underneath shout out to you, Mr. Benfer. Uh, I read all the competent, the comments underneath, like making fun of this dude and his son for posting that on Facebook. And it's just like, really like, here's a dad who's got a boy who's really into hunting. And he just made like this silly comment about sponsorship. Like, yeah, you don't need to attack him. Like we're, we're all part of the same family. We're all hunters, whether you are into watching YouTube videos, making them, or you're a purist who thinks that stuff's corny. Like that's dope. But keep your negative opinions to yourself, everybody. Like it's all love. That's, 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 that's my advice. I'm with you, man. That's why, like I said, dude, that's why it's important to be in a good spot. It's why it's surround yourself with good people. And, and I appreciate you coming on Rob and, and sharing your story and showing that excitement, showing your passion, your drive. And, uh, man, it's, and, and it, it's important that, that, uh, you know, kicking off the new year and doing all those types of things that people could, could, uh, hopefully relate and, and continue that drive. So, Man, I appreciate you coming on, Rob. Like you said, obviously with tethered your demand behind the 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 screen when it comes to if you you're answering messages. But where else could people find you, follow along, and and maybe like what's to come as far as the video side of things for tethered and and all that type of stuff? If you're able to say. Um. So 2024 is going to be busy. We got a lot of plans for turkey season. I we got show season coming up, and there's some pretty new stuff in the works that we're all really excited about over at Tethered. We hope everybody else is too. Uh, as far as content, like check out our YouTube channel, all of our social, obviously Turkey season is going to be insane this year. We have some pretty, pretty sweet things lined up for that. And then deer season moving into that, we're going to be doing tons of collaborations with people that everybody at home, hope you guys love them as much as we do, but we're going to take a little bit different approach this year to the content and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys it. And the biggest thing is just get out there guys hunt. Don't hate. Yeah, I like that, dude. I appreciate it, man. Well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week, everybody. Till then, Antler Up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild, and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then... Antler up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.